Welcome to an Attack Action Podcast production. You are listening to Bravo Showstopper by Nicola Price. Reading performed by Taylor Morrow. Produced by the Attack Action Podcast Network. We hope you enjoy this series as we plan to release each hero's story. Now, on with the show. Bravo Showstopper Once a land of fables, Arya was disconnected from the rest of Wraith, protected from the conflicts and troubles that plague the rest of the world. Its people were well cared for by a plentiful land, nurtured by the energy of the flow. As the landscape changed, shaped by the passage of the flow, the transformations shaped the people of Arya as well. Its cheerful and carefree people have cultivated a culture rich in music, entertainment, and celebration. However, in recent times the flow has become increasingly unstable and a growing number of outsiders are entering Arya. The volatile energy of the flow is changing the landscape of Arya faster than ever before, bringing a sense of unease and confusion to its people. Amongst the uncertainty and disquiet, the traditions and festivals of Arya have become more important than ever, bringing a measure of peace to the hearts of the people. A rising star. Even amongst the many taverns, festivals, and celebrations of Arya, nothing could possibly compare to the excitement of the Everfest Carnival. A massive moving circus, the Everfest travels throughout Arya, a sea of brightly colored big tops boasting the biggest collection of performers in all of Wraith. Yet, of all its acts, none were so famous or beloved as Bravo's Legendarium. Bravo raised amongst the strongmen an animal axe of Valdor, growing up alongside great majestic Cessary and tiny meeps that darted from stall to stall. Many of his closest friends were members of the Malaya, oracles, bards, scalds, entertainers, and fortune tellers, all breezing about the Everfest in loose silks and layers of golden jewelry. One of the Malaya elders, a woman with fine white hair and a single eye, always made time for the young boy. She often spent time sharing the tales of Arya with him spinning both fantastical tales and old legends. Bravo listened to the tales of powerful enchanters and mysterious shamans, of magical artifacts and hidden wonders. It sparked a hunger for stories untold, and even as an adult, Bravo continued to seek out more. One day, 
when he was 18 years old, Bravo decided to perform one of the old legends within the carnival, bringing it to life upon the stage. Joined by a bard, two strongmen, and an enchantress, he recreated one of Arya's most beloved tales, the legend of Magnus the Vigilant. The performances quickly became a staple of the Everfest, transforming into the Legendarium. As the act's popularity continued to grow, so did the size of Bravo's troop. By the age of 26, Bravo had amassed a troop of over 30 performers and stagehands, with an act that was beloved by audiences across Aria. While the trope had their fair share of followers, it was Bravo who often found himself at the center of attention. He quickly found himself overrun by avid fans, his charisma and confidence earning him admirers everywhere he went. Yet even as he enjoyed performing, there was a part of him that still longed for more. Call to Adventure During a life of traveling with the Everfest Carnival, Bravo had visited every village in Aria. Yet no matter how many he traveled to, Aldevere remained one of his favorites, a sprawling village. Its buildings were scattered across the plains, flowers and herbs growing in rolling meadows. In the summer, the Everfest made its way to Aldevere once more. Greeted with the sight of lush, dense meadows overrun with flowers. With the legendarium on hiatus, many of the troop members had scattered across Aria, taking their time to visit other villages and explore. After spending the previous day helping to set up the many tents and stalls of the Everfest, Bravo was looking forward to spending his morning in the company of a nice, tall glass of alder cider inside the local tavern. However, just as he was fastening the buttons on his favorite crimson coat, he heard someone clear their throat in the open doorway of his tent. Gwen and Morgan stood, imposing even in the light of the morning sun. Bravo had met the duo many moons ago, when they first arrived within the Everfest. Seeing their broad shoulders and muscles, their old world appearance, and their stalwart nature, Bravo had approached and asked the pair to join his troop. Reserved and taciturn, they were excellent at supportive roles and quickly became staple members of the Legendarium. With the act currently on break, it was hardly surprised to see the pair with packs and traveling gear. However, when Bravo asked about their plans, they stared at him blankly. The Wayfinders have summoned us. Morgan, with the slightly more talkative of the pair, his deep timber echoing in the small space, we leave for the fractured scar. 
Bravo looked from their grim expressions to the packs upon their shoulders, to the weapons clasped at their sides. While Gwen and Morgan originally arrived at the Everfest with a pair of finely crafted great axes, Bravo rarely saw the weapons. To see the great axes once more in the same moment that Gwen and Morgan were departing for the fractured scar at the request of a wayfarer, it reminded Bravo of the tales they performed of noble defenders leaving on a quest an adventure that would take them across Aria in the pursuit of protecting the innocent. Gawain and Morgan, leaving on some grand journey, clad in armor and furs, wielding their great axes with pride, traveling for months, perhaps years, a journey taking them from village to village in search of their target, helping townsfolk and rescuing fair maidens from harm. At last, when they arrived at their destination, a great evil would appear before them, one that they are destined to defeat. Gwen and Morgan stood toe-to-toe with an ancient creature, something long forgotten by the people of Arya. Covered in scales, it raised its head with a bellowing roar and launched itself toward them. They fought valiantly, taking blow after blow as they worked together to defeat the beast. At last, Morgan got close enough to the creature to find an opening in its defenses. With a single swing of his great axe, he beheaded the great beast, silencing it once more. They returned to the townsfolk with the creature's head, arriving to the sound of cheering. The townsfolk hold a festival in their honor, a token of thanks for their valiant heroes. Bravo clapped once, decisively, nodding his head. I'm coming with you. Gwen and Morgan looked to one another, the taller of the pair silently raising an eyebrow. After a long moment, they turned back toward him. To anyone else, Gwen's expression would have looked exactly the same. But Bravo had known him long enough to glimpse an air of resignation in his fixed stare. Morgan shrugged. We leave at noon. It didn't take long for Bravo to gather his things, his pack still mostly untouched from arriving in Aldevere the previous day. The last thing he gathered was his beloved mallet, Anothos, forged from polished wood in finely hammered silver steel. He stopped to visit his companions amongst the Malaya, and those of his troop who had stayed within Aldevere. Once he had said his goodbyes, he left to meet Gwen and Morgan, just beyond the outermost circle of tents. We hope you have enjoyed this preview of our lore series. Look for the finished product coming soon.